All right, so I'm an East Coast dude. Born in Boston, lived in Brooklyn for a while. But last year, one of my best friends hit me up and told me I had to come out to the West Coast. He lives in L.A., and while I was there, he took me to this one neighborhood that he knew I was going to love, Lamert Park. Here's the thing. Growing up black in America, I always felt like society was telling me I should get far away from Afrocentricity. They didn't teach African history in schools, and the only time it was referenced, it was as an example of instability and poverty. If you watch TV, Africa was just one big place that needed your charitable donations. And what kid wants to be associated with a place that's unstable and poor, or viewed as inferior? I've spent the last decade of my life unlearning all that BS through a lot of conversations and intentional learning. And that's why my friend knew I'd love Lamert Park. This is a place that embraces Afrocentricity and blackness, and honestly, it's just a neighborhood with a dope vibe. This is the Atlas Obscura podcast, a celebration of the world's strange, incredible, and wondrous places. My name is Baudelaire, and today we're going to Lemur Park, a small part of Los Angeles and truly one of the most liberating neighborhoods I've ever been in. We get the history, and we meet the people. This is a magical place. West Coast love. That's after this. If you're looking for a place where the wide open skies and the towering mountains inspire you to find an untapped part of yourself, you might want to take a trip to Wyoming. It's a place where bold, curious spirits forge their own way on all types of adventures. There is no shortage of iconic, expansive landscapes out there. You can discover breathtaking hikes, stunning state parks, authentic Western culture, and other historic sites— along with the tales of famous outlaws like Butch Cassidy and pioneers like Buffalo Bill Cody. The truth lies west. Discover yours at TravelWyoming.com. Vacations are always good. Sometimes they're even great. And Celebrity Cruises is about to ruin all of that. Because once you explore with us, you'll never want a vacation any other way. And with new Quick Caribbean Escapes, You'll never want a weekend any other way either. Celebrity Cruises. Nothing comes close. Visit Celebrity.com, call 1-800-CELEBRITY, or contact your travel advisor. Ships Registry, Malta and Ecuador. When my friend Avondro and I pulled up to Lemur Park, this is what we were greeted with. Now, I ain't the biggest Bill Withers fan, but this really set the vibe for the day we were about to have. It really was a lovely day. Late October in L.A., beautiful, clear skies, just about 70 degrees. Ever since Avondro told me about it, I'd been looking forward to visiting Lemur Park. Now, if you look on a map, Lemur Park is this neighborhood in South L.A. There is an actual park, but when people refer to Lemur Park, they're usually talking about the entire neighborhood. And the main street is Degnan Boulevard. The first order of business was to grab some food. Now listen, I'm vegan, and it's not always easy to find a vegan restaurant, especially one that's Black-owned. But on Degnan Boulevard, there were, I'm not kidding you, eight vegan restaurants. Now three of these were brick-and-mortar storefronts, and five were street vendors. But regardless, we had options. 
vegan steak and cheese from one place, fried mushrooms from another, and fresh juices from a third. While I was digging in some fish tacos from one spot, one of the other vendors came up to us. How we doing, gentlemen? My name is Chef Supreme Divine of the Concierge's Kitchen. Chef Supreme Divine. Now you could tell from his name, this ain't no ordinary chef. He really sees his food as part of the mission here. I feed the community uh, literally, figuratively, and allegorically uh, through my food. Gourmet vegan food, the highest quality. I went to culinary art school in France. I've been a vegan my whole life, chef, 22 years. Connecting people through good, healthy food, this fit right into the Lemur Park vibe. It's, it seems like in Lemur Park, there's like an energy of like, uh, in Boston, we don't have anything like this. You know right, right, I mean? right. What makes this place so special? And you know, this is a community where your who's who is here. So no matter who walks through, you can build that rapport. It can be the biggest pop star, the biggest musician, mm-hmm. whoever, when they come through here, it's all love. Not that kind of, you know, weird energy for yes. lack of a better term. It's, yes. And it's like, mm-hmm. all right, I know where I am. When in Rome, do as Romans do for lack of a better term. It's hard to explain. Like you literally have to be here. Some people hear about the UFO, some people see it. You got to see it to be real with you. Mm-hmm. I love that, man. Thank you. I, I really appreciate it, man. You're welcome. You're Thank welcome. you, bro. We did end up getting some vegan wings from Chef Divine, and they were amazing. As we were finishing up lunch, we saw this guy across the street with a guitar case. He opened it, and it's been customized to hold all his barber equipment. Literally the flyest thing I'd ever seen. He set up right there on the street, and Avondra decided to get a quick haircut. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Giving my brother a clean scissor trend. Why? Because he don't need a hard lineup. The barber's name is Jackie Rashad. You don't do nothing like that to a brother like that. You give him an essence. See what I'm saying? Jackie moved to Lemur Park years ago. He makes a living as a musician and a barber. And barely a minute after meeting him, we got right into some pretty deep conversation. One thing that we lack in this country and in the black community is an absolute togetherness. Not just sometimes. Not when things are working out. Not when the homie got some weed. But an absolute togetherness. When we start establishing that, where brothers are actually excited to see one another, you ecstatic about it. You yeah, like, yeah. you like, man, how you doing? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so yeah. we got a lot of misalignment going on. When we get back in alignment, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It's gonna be a beautiful day. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm excited about that day. I see it coming. You know what I'm saying? I just see a lot of people running from it. They don't really want to. Uh, you know, be uh, warriors in the garden. They want to be gardeners in the war, mm. you know? People don't want to be warriors in the garden. They want to be gardeners in the war. I wrote that one down and looked it up when I got home. It's a Bruce Lee quote, but that's just the kind of stuff me and Avondra kept hearing while at Lemur Park. This type of philosophical conversation wasn't rare. It was like everybody had this admiration for the community and their personal and political philosophies reflected that. What does this place mean to you? Oh, well, this is like, this is my home. I'm just kind of led here by the spirit. I think anybody who's been here in this kind of way, in this magical way, knows that they're kind of led mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to this area. Mm. And and uh, there's help here for everyone. Mm-hmm. This is a magical, this is a magical place. With both Jackie Rashad and Chef Supreme Divine, when they said goodbye to me, it was real. Chef Supreme Divine called me dear brother, and he meant it. I could feel the warmth. I've visited black neighborhoods all over the U.S., and I've definitely felt that sense of solidarity. But the thing that makes Lemert Park unique is that feeling isn't just something you feel here and there in a handful of moments. That vibe is everywhere, all the time. And the longer I stayed in Lemert Park, the more I felt that. And I was really interested in knowing how or when the magic began. So I did a little research. Lemert Park was designed in the 1920s by the sons of Frederick Olmsted, the architect of Central Park. 
The Olmstead brothers designed the whole neighborhood of Lemur Park, every detail, from the tree-lined streets to how to minimize power lines, all with the goal of it being this beautiful neighborhood for whites only. And it stayed a whites-only neighborhood until the 40s when some racist housing laws were finally struck down. For the next 20 or so years, whites were moving out while black people were moving in. And then, in 1964, there were the Watts Rides, only 12 miles from Lemur Park. From that point on, the neighborhood would be almost exclusively black. Three years later, in 67, a black artist named Alonzo Davis opened up the Brockman Gallery in Lemur Park. For a lot of folks, this was where the magic really started to get good. This was the first art gallery in L.A. totally dedicated to African-American art. And pretty soon, Black artists moved to the neighborhood, which is why some people have called Lemur Park the Black Greenwich Village. The gallery closed in 1990, but the culture it helped create remained alive. That political consciousness has spread to the point where it's not just the artists who are conscious, but also the chefs, the barbers, the owners of the herbal medicine stores, and just about every part of this neighborhood. The scene continued to thrive and people were drawn from all over. Some of those people put down roots and had children who were able to grow up in the magic. One of those artists who came to Lemur Park was Sika Dwimpo, founder of Sika Dwimpo's on Degnan, which is also an African art store. Sika was able to pass down his business to his daughter, Milan. My name is Milan. I am Sika Dwemfo's daughter, and I'm the owner of Sika's in Lemert Park, which next year will have been here for 30 years, making it the oldest retail space in Lemert Park. Milan grew up in Lemert Park, and if you didn't already know, you can tell by the confidence and delight in her voice as she speaks about her neighborhood. She told us what it was like to grow up here. It was amazing. Like, um, you know, I realized early on that I was being raised very differently than a lot of my peers, especially when I would go to school or I would, and you know, as an adult, when I would travel, I realized I had this very special magical upbringing because everybody over here who owned a store or who was a part of like the dance collective and the world stage back in the day, they were all my elders. These people looked after me. They helped to guide me. You know, I didn't just have my mom and dad. I had all these other people to bounce off of. I got to have representation in a world where I see especially black women talk all the time about how they didn't have this representation. I really got to have that because I had so many strong black men, women, family units around me to make sure that I was guided the right way, that I knew right from wrong and, you know, just had a very loving upbringing over here. And I, that's not what the world is. I think that we all know that, you know, I described something that may sound to some people like a utopia and it really was. Milan wasn't the average child in Lemur Park though. Her father, Sika Dwimfo, is pretty important to the community. So my father is a jeweler and collector of African art which he also resells, um, and just kind of a com community pillar, just a guy that's well-known, not just in our community, but in black communities all over the United States, mm. but specifically Los Angeles, Chicago, New York, New Orleans. So Her father, this collector of African art and an artist himself, known in all these cities across the country, chose Lemur Park to live. That speaks volumes to the culture of this community. It has a long history, but one of the more recent histories of like the 70s and 80s was a lot of black artists living and selling out of their spaces, which is what my father came here and did um, in 92, actually just months before, or maybe like a month before the riots. Milan's referring to the riots that happened in 1992 after the police who brutally beat Rodney King were found not guilty. Um, and he came here because it was all black people and he just wanted to sell art to his people for his people. And so he didn't want to be in any other parts of town. Lamert Park had a lot to offer and it just had such rich, vibrant black roots. 
I asked Milan what she thought makes Lemur Park so special. Uh, at least from the traveling I've done, it really ain't nothing like Lemur Park. Like no area. No, there's not in the world. Really need to start something where people who are from far places like put their dot on a map. Because we have people from everywhere, all over Africa specifically. And that's where it means the most when people come in here and they say like, oh, there's nothing like this. Like it gives them an African vibe, but there's nothing like this anywhere. I but like it. many black communities all across the United States, Lemur Park is currently dealing with the threat of gentrification. So I wondered what Milan thought of the future of her beloved neighborhood. What do you think this place will look like 10 years from now? So I think the future of Lemert Park, if we stick together, if we really come together, because that's the number one thing. We're not going to divide it, we fall. It's for certain. I've watched this neighborhood flip. I watch all kinds of things go on. I've watched black businesses come. I've watched black businesses go. But people who wanted to do their own thing and couldn't kind of get with the flow of what the community is trying to do, they're gone now. People who want to be a part and want to see how they can help one another and just really be what a true example of a black community is, those are the people that you're going to see here in the next 10 years. Um, last week, they had the Lamert Park Film Festival, and Mama Nene, one of our respected elders, I actually wrote it right here on this table. You can't see this in the interview, but it says resist the bullshit, because if we don't resist the bullshit, we're going to be looking at a different type of Lamert Park. Lamert Park, if, if we don't make the right decisions, it could become white again. You know, if we don't stand strong and say, hey, we're just going to support each other, love one another, then I don't know what Lemert Park is going to look like. But if we do, if we really have those true, that true love for one another and we really fight for this, Lemert Park is going to be a beautiful black oasis in 10 years. That's what I see it as. I picked up some sage and some earrings for my fiance and said goodbye. As Avonjo and I were walking away from Milan's store, we passed a group of people on the side of the street surrounding a metal pull-up bar with one guy actively doing pull-ups. One of the guys yells to us to join in and do some pull-ups. We politely decline because we're not dressed to work out. When an old woman next to the group says, I know you young, strong men aren't scared of some pull-ups. Now, I don't know how many of you have ever been called out by an old lady, but it's something you really feel. So I accepted the challenge. One, two. But it wasn't really a challenge, though. I, I started doing pull-ups, and the crowd is like chanting me on. It was, it was like a supportive thing. With the crowd support, I managed to do 15 pull-ups, which is a personal best. And that was the last scene as Avondro and I headed back to his place. You know, it felt great. We were smiling, laughing. We felt love. And we don't know what the future holds for Lemur Park. But what I do know is that Lemur Park is a special place today. And though I flew back to the East Coast the next day, I feel like I took a piece of Lemur Park with me. Special thanks to all the people of Lemert Park who took the time to share the love. And to my best friends, Avondro and VJ. VJ, I see you. This podcast is a co-production of Atlas Obscura and Witness Docs. Our production team includes Dylan Therese, Doug Baldinger, Camille Stanley, Willis Ryder-Arnold, Manolo Morales, Tracy Samuelson, John Delore, Gianna Palmer, Chris Naka, Peter Clowney. Our technical director is Casey Holford. Our theme and end credit music is by Sam Tindall. This episode was mixed by Luce Fleming. My name is Baudelaire. Witness Docs from Stitcher. The world isn't wide enough for those with an insatiable desire for discovery. 
The all-new 2024 Lincoln Nautilus Hybrid SUV offers the power and freedom to explore further and deeper than ever before. Intuitive, smart features ensure that you're always connected to the road ahead. Inside, a thoughtfully designed cabin immerses you in a universe that is all your own. The larger-than-life panoramic display spans the entire width of the cabin. It's customizable and interactive. Drivers can even personalize their backgrounds with a series of nature-inspired themes. This vehicle signals the arrival of an exciting new chapter for Lincoln. Discover more about the 2024 Lincoln Nautilus at Lincoln.com. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.